Here we go. All right. Well, welcome to another edition of the Sample, the sample Hour. <laughs> Sorry, I cut you off, man. Oh, good. We have a very special guest today. This is I am Drew Sample or at Drew Sample on Twitter, and I'm at Clever Wes. I wonder what he's doing right now. And our special uh-huh. guest today is Joe Rangatang. You can follow him on Twitter, Twitter at Joe Rangatang, which I don't. It's up, everybody. <laughs> you can check out High on Trees. The High on Trees Network. Um, Joe Rangatang has lots of great podcasts. And Joe Rangatang, when I was first got my equipment and first set it up, <laughs> figured it out, Joe was actually in Columbus, Ohio from Toronto. I was at your house, bro. You're at my house. And we were trying to have a conversation, but allegedly there was a reason why I couldn't really form a complete conversation when we were talking about equipment. Oh, hey, can I just give a quick little background? Because uh, yeah. I, I flew into Columbus from Toronto to uh, hook up with uh, Death Squad alumni fucking No Susquehanna. And uh, he picked me up from the airport. And I didn't know where we were going, if we were going to if I was going to his house or if we were meeting somebody. But, you know. He just brought me over to your guys' place, and I met you guys back in May Yeah, at a Death Squad show, and um, I was really pleasantly surprised because the moment that I walked in the door, I see you dudes, and I see you guys fucking baking cookies, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it was like edibles within 30 minutes off the plane. Yeah. Well, that's how we like to do it, you know? Yeah. Allegedly, we were doing that. Yeah. If you're coming on in. And, <laughs> those, are some, those are some fucking good edibles. Uh, the Reese muffins and the cinnamon toast crunch. Oh, my God. We, we might be uh, making some more of those tonight, actually. Just Oh, yeah? Do you guys cook a lot? We, we try to. Uh, well, I wouldn't say we as in me. It's mainly Wes and Jason. Yeah. Yeah. We, we've been going. We've been making some experimenting. Yeah. Uh, uh, I guess making experimentations <laughs> in terms of the cooking aspect. We're going to see some other things that we might be able to do uh, next time we get to hang out. Uh, hopefully, we'll we'll have some new varieties for you. Some new recipes? Oh shit, that's awesome! But I've always wanted like the, to eat like a space cake, like a, a weed edible, like crossed with some mushrooms in there or something. But I don't know how the mushrooms work with the with the cooking process. Right, that's what I'm worried about too. I wonder if you could just actually just like put them on top. Of yeah, yeah, just like yeah, some magic mushroom pixie dust. Yeah, that'd be uh, that'd be interesting. i definitely would be. Man, I don't know, man. My last psychedelic trips though were pretty intense. I'm not. Uh, I've been taking a little bit of break. I haven't even smoked in over a month, just with the whole job search thing. So. Oh, you're not smoking weed right now. Oh. I, on the other hand, have been going in the complete opposite direction. Yeah. <laughs> it was more for me. Increasing <laughs> my uptake. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I, I haven't, man. I'm, I've been applying at, like, banks and stuff, and I have to comply to all these, do you agree to not take, do you agree to take a drug test and a background check? Even fucking Best Buy, like, does a background check, man. It's it's just so fucking crazy that, like, all these corporations are, they just have to get so much into your personal life before they even consider hiring you for a job. It's, like, this crazy fucking I don't know, it's crazy to me, man. So like, I, I mean, it's got me wondering though, like what it, what is it that they need to know? Like, wh- is it insurance purposes or something? Like, that's it, yeah, it, that's what I mean. Insurance purposes is something that I've heard. Like, I've heard it is due to insurance and like, a, like maybe insurance companies are are saying that to them. Like, you're if you do drug tests at a lower risk, but like the more dangerous drugs, like 
like the the more dangerous drugs get out of your system faster. Like the stuff that really fucks you up, like amphetamines and stuff like that. I, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's marijuana that always just fucking that gets the hard road, right? Because of how long it stays in your system. I say fuck those places that do that. You know, here's my. Yeah. If you're not paying me off the clock, then you've got yeah. fucking business to know what I'm doing off the clock. A hundred percent, I agree, man. And it's like. You know, I'm pretty open, even in my workplace. Like, everyone knows me as the pot guy. Like, one guy saved my number on his phone, and it says Stoner Joe, right? <laughs> and I'll I'll openly talk to it to my boss too. And like, he he looks at me. He he'll look at me and be like, Oh fuck, I smoke too, Joe. It's just do it on your own time, okay? And I'm like, Sure. And like, I turn around, like my fingers are fucking crossed and shit. <laughs> I actually, I actually gave my boss an edible not too long ago. I, I, without incriminating too many people, uh, there's a hierarchy of bosses and different bosses to me I've smoked with. Um, yeah, man. It's like a, it's like a glass of wine, bro. Yeah. When I was at work, like when I used to work at a, at my previous job, like everybody, like, and it was like a problem that I didn't want to have. Like people would smoke with me and just because we would have good stuff, like everybody would come to me to get shit. Like anybody that smoked, but kept it a secret would call me and then yeah. they a roundabout way ask me hey uh so uh you know one of those like do you think you could get me some of these you know what and i mean would you, would you help be the type of person to help people and like pick up portions for them and stuff so, you know that, that was definitely a possibility <laughs> yeah no i just you know it may, always makes me wonder because i i fall into that category i mean i'm not a dealer right and i think i tried to be a dealer when i was like a teenager but i was like i had one guy on my podcast once and the way he put it was a backwards ass dealer because it was just like selling enough to smoke for free kind of thing yeah um but uh i quickly noticed that like it wasn't for me you know the lifestyle of selling because a lot of people that i would hook up weed to were like people that i considered friends more than just a custy you know and I hated it because, you know, some people would spot off me, a buddy of mine. And then now I need to get that money back. But there'd come a point where, say, I just want to hang out with them. But now they're dodging me because they know they owe me money. And I'm like, yo, fuck this, man. I'm not I'm not getting rich off this bullshit. You know what I mean? No, I mean that's the same way, man. It's 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 just always been a friend helping a friend. Yeah, yeah I think. I oh problem at some point or another because you spot for a guy because they're like oh you know when you're picking up can you pick up for me and then they're like yeah i'll, I'll get you you know and then they they just and then it becomes too much of that you know business and pleasure separation thing yeah exactly but it's not only just the the spotting you know and like you know spotting people cash it's also um fuck uh just selling i don't know man I kind of lost my train of thought there. I'm bong ripping right now. <laughs> no By worries. the way, uh, and there, there's actually some notorious, if, you, if anyone checks out Izzy's uh, stuff, there's some photos of, of when you were hanging out with uh, uh, Izzy and at our place with uh, Jason No Susquehan. Yeah. There's also a little bit of a video. and uh, Oh, I saw that video. Yeah, man. Exactly. It's it's pretty funny. Oh, we can. Yeah, it was good, man. Your podcast, Izzy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! No, I'm uh, now I remember the, the thing. It's not about spotting cash. It's about it's about the fact that you you pick up a portion for a friend. Podcast, Wilson. Jason, we love Jason, Izzy's can podcast. hear you. Sorry. <laughs> oh, Jay, what's up, buddy? 
Oh, he can't. Hear. Yeah, he can't hear. He doesn't have headphones on. Oh, I just heard him there. Yeah, no, it's like you know, you pick up like a half ounce, and a buddy of yours wants a quarter, and you're just getting it for him. But like, you're not making any fucking money off of it. But if you get caught, your ass is still gonna go to jail. Like you're a dealer. Yeah. Fuck that noise. Yeah, it's just not worth it, man. Like that's what sucks is it's like something that's like. I mean, it's it's really beneficial and it helps a lot of people and it's just a plant and it's it it's there's so much risk involved in it, man. Like that's the crazy thing, like that's the unfortunate thing about it. Like it's it's something that's completely harmless and it's way better than any prescription opiate that you could get. Um, mm-hmm. But God, man, it's just it just sucks, man. It's crazy. Um, but uh, yeah. So what's uh what's going on in Toronto, Joe? Uh, Toronto right now, like, I mean, for me personally, there's like a lot of big things like happening for, um, comedy and the promotional aspect of it. Um, you know, I started, I wanted to get into comedy the beginning of last year and I always had this like dream to have my own club, you know? So I figured I wanted to walk the road and like start to involve myself in the community and, I mean, I don't have my own club right now, but I'm like tight friends with an owner of one. And uh, and it's pretty much what I want it to be doing. And it's just like putting together shows, like creating like fun events for people who are more often than not like minded because, you know, we're all interested in the same comic that we're coming out to see uh, create these events for all of us to get together. Because what happened to me coming and meeting you guys at that very first death squad meetup in columbus uh back in may like i want to create that for people here in toronto and not only that but by getting like these like-minded people to come out to these shows it's like i live in a big city with like over three million people and it's like now i'm gonna have this show coming up in february with duncan trussell at the underground comedy club and i've quickly come to realize that over the three nights i'm gonna meet like 240 people from this city that all think like me you know what i mean that's i I, yeah i think that's the most powerful part about it man absolutely that's incredible it's awesome i think you're going to be really good at at that too i think you'd be an awesome like club manager club owner type of guy Uh, i just want to make sure the guys are high and fucking well fed and everyone's laughing you know You, you, you gotta admit like the vibe that you get when you come out of a good comedy show is like it's the best directions. Yeah. It, like look at us hanging out after that show that we saw in Columbus, man. Both those shows. Then we went out and had some fun. And then yeah, fucking stood up all stayed up all night and jumped on a plane and went back to Toronto. Yeah. Have you guys always been comedy fans? Oh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, man. It was started for me. I mean, man, I mean it it was either listening to Bill Cosby when we were kids or Jeff Foxworthy or Okay, yeah, yeah. There's lots of classics out there, man. I remember when I was a kid, I was really into comedy, and uh, I really liked uh, Steve Martin. I really liked Robin Williams back yeah. when he was doing Coke. Uh, yeah, it's Coke days, man. <laughs> it's Coke days. I, I remember watching, uh, even on cable, it was awesome. I remember Comedy Central when it first came on, it showed a lot of comedy, and I watched a, a shit ton there. And I, I remember watching, uh, uh, what's her name? Um Gosh, she hosted VH1 Stand Up Rosie Spotlight. O'Donnell. Yeah, Rosie O'Donnell. Yeah, we used to watch the Stand Up Spotlight too. The Stand Up Spotlight was pretty good, and then we used to watch uh, Make Me Laugh, that TV, that game show kind of thing. Well, I remember watching the uh, the Comic Relief uh, 
shows as well. And that was Whoopi Goldberg and Billy Crystal and Rob. Oh, yeah, that's right. And everyone came out and they had the, a real short bit. And uh, it was the first time I actually saw Bob Saget do stand-up comedy. And the first time I actually was like, oh, wow, this guy isn't he's, – he's, he's not Danny Tanner guy. <laughs> the guy full house. He's not the guy who makes the cheesy jokes on America's Funniest Home Videos either. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's so cool that you mentioned that, man, because I'm actually going to be seeing Bob Saget uh, coming up. He's very soon. Yeah, I've never seen him live before. And I know he's not like a death squad guy, but I mean, he's a fucking crazy comedian. He's got like um, he, he's got some miles under his feet. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? He, uh, Drew is going to say there that he's actually coming to Columbus. The 23rd, and we, we slept on buying tickets, and they sold out in like a couple of weeks. And uh, do you remember Kleiber? He opened up at the Death Squad. Uh, Aaron, Aaron Kleiberg? He's opening for he's him. opening for Bob Saget here. Oh, big shout out to Aaron, man. That guy was cool as fuck. So cool, dude. We're going to be doing some epic mealtime stuff. He's going he's gonna to come into uh, the Death Squad Ohio rec- recording studio. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we're, we're going to have a good old time. Yeah, we're going to eat some food and probably drink some booze and have some good times, man. Yeah, man. Hey, I always wanted to know, like, uh, like your background like and how you guys got introduced to podcasts. Oh, um, well, me personally... I, the first podcast I listened to, man, was I was a huge MMA fan. Okay. Like, MMA when it went illegal, like I, I kind of like was sad because I couldn't see it. But then when I got to college, I had like my own computer and I had speed internet connection. So when I wasn't masturbating and watching porn, I was actually like looking at MMA stuff online. And uh, sometimes you did both. <laughs> sometimes <laughs> split screens and shit. <laughs> no, same screen. But I, that's, border, that's borderline gay, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what I d- would do was uh, I started like getting on ShareDog. Um, this is before, like this was back in 2005 or 2004. And I, uh, I was on ShareDog and I was just watching them. And then ShareDog came out with a podcast called The Beatdown with TJ DeSantis and Josh Gross. So I started their podcast and also a comic – um, Dan Natterman, who I was a big fan of from like the last comic standing, he had his own podcast too. And it, I don't know. I like Dan Natterman, but it wasn't very good. So I really- dabbled into a few podcasts eh, right from the start. Yeah. And then I started listening to football today's podcast. It's like an ESPN NFL podcast. And then I found Rogan's, um, because of a video that the paradigm shift made. Um, and then I started listening to Rogan's podcast and Wes and I were living together and I think Wes started listening to Rogan because I was listening to Rogan. Yeah, pretty much. At first, when Drew had uh, he he's, he basically was on Joe Rogan's nuts pretty hardcore there for a minute. Oh yeah. And I, I was like, ah, really? I'm like, you know, I've always liked him from uh, Fear Factor guy. Basically, I'm like, well, he definitely knows his MMA, and I I thought of him. I I kind of always remembered him more from uh, news radio, actually. <laughs> uh, but it's an awesome show, dude. Yeah, 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 it really was, and you know, a good Canadian on it, uh, Dave Foley. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but Kids in the hall, yeah, fuck yeah, out. dude. Kids in the hall was sweet. Well, they're just they're just really really funny guys in general. Uh, everything that they do is great. But I started listening when when Drew had played some stuff, and I was like, damn, that's actually really interesting shit. And I just kind of got hooked from there, and I spread out from Joe Rogan. Yeah, isn't it weird though? Like, 
considering like how vast the the amount of topics that get covered on a lot of these podcasts. And since we're on the topic of Joe Rogan, it's like you could imagine um, the first episode you try and put on. And depending on like what they talk about in that episode, that could either make or break a, a permanent fan. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because like one of the first ones I ever listened to was with Duncan Trussell. And the shit that they were talking about, about like simulation theory and like what what are what are we really experiencing in life and stuff like that. I was like, holy shit, man, this is shit that I've always thought of, like get high and talk shit with your friends and stuff. I'm like, it's so crazy that other people talk like this. And then it's like I try to introduce the podcast to someone else. And then they're just talking about masturbation and porn and fucking an MMA. And it's like, oh, it's, it was lacking that element that I mean, we all get drawn in for a different reason. Right. Nice. But it's just like. It's just really cool how, like, I mean, that first episode you listen to of any podcast could turn you into a fan. You know what I mean? That's that's funny because it was also a Duncan podcast that, that got me hooked. Uh, yeah, right? It's kind of hard not to, man. Some powerful ideas being transferred back and forth. And, like, all of a sudden, like, I mean, a lot of people never once thought of some of those ideas that they hear. And it's like, you can't help but be intrigued. Right, exactly. Yeah. It made you say, well, who's this guy? And you want to look up and, and more of their thoughts and stuff that they said. And it's like, wow, that it was like just watching a really entertaining uh, TV show or something. The, the problem with the, the radio and regular TV sh- or uh, radio shows is you get guys who are on that same block every single day. And every single day becomes a job for them. They don't always have topics because they're not always getting people coming on or anything like that. So sometimes just the same people having the same conversation every time. It gets yeah. forced. Um, yeah, there's no more, no new stimuli. Right, right. And, the, and there's no expansion or growth. But it's really neat because you get such a wide range of people having such different conversations and thoughts. I kind of like that, you know, it, it changes all the time. Yeah, it's always fucking changing, you know, even um, depending on, you know, what those podcasters are going through that fucking very same week. Right. Uh, that's that's actually really interesting because there's a lot of people, ourselves included, who have had uh, like I, I want to say kind of that awkward or rough podcast where if someone's listening. It's kind of like a drama going on where either someone's arguing or. The flow's not going right, or someone's having a tough time in their life, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, wow, this one's, you know, ooh, this one's a heavy episode. Um, you know, just gives you a wide range of shit. Yeah, it's kind of hard. Um, I something I like, I I try to keep in mind, but it's still kind of like I kind of fight with it. Is the ability to make every podcast welcome to new listeners you know what i mean because it's easy to get lost and just start talking about things and assume that like people are up to date on what you're talking about or Uh, or that even that people know who you are exactly it's very easy to start just talking in you know regular conversation but for me like i said it's a kind of a battle because that's so part that i love so much about it and i've said it many times it's just like the, the the realness behind it all like just tuning in, like not having to know exactly the backstory of the people you're listening to. Uh, I get so attracted to jumping in. It almost feels like eavesdropping sometimes. You know what I mean? 
Exactly. And the cool part with that is it seems like instead of just hearing about someone's background, you can kind of get to know who they are. You can hear, you know, their thoughts, their reactions, what they say, what they think. Then you can kind of get to know them that way. It's the fly on the wall sort of approach. It's kind of neat. Well, it's something like you said to me um, when I first like really got to know you when you when you came over and we were talking about podcasting and I was like kind of nervous to start doing it. But you were just saying, like, you know, like the interesting thing about podcasting is, is, you know, spending an hour having a good conversation with a person, you get to know that person more than just, you know, you know, casually hanging out with someone for a month, like in, a, in the sense of that you're not necessarily talking about deep things and really res- like I, I feel like a lot of times in like everyday conversation, like, you know, people will cut me off or they don't really care what I have to say. They already have their own opinions. But whenever I'm podcasting, like I find myself being a better listener but also yeah. talking to is also being a better listener. So like you actually are hearing what the person is saying instead of just having an exchange of talking at each other, if that makes sense. Oh, I totally makes sense. Yeah. I, I've said it before. I, I strongly believe that what we will accomplish, just the three of us talking over the course of an hour, we'll, we will achieve more communication between each other than maybe a month or even a half year worth of interactions if we just you know randomly bumped into each other and were acquaintances and said hello here and there and even collectively all of those random passing by uh moments won't ever bring out the ideas and the transfer of thoughts that happen over the course of like an hour you know what i mean absolutely Absolutely, 100%. Um, and, and thank you for that candy that you brought when you came. Cause I, oh, the maple candy? Yeah, the maple suckers. So we, we held on to them for a long time, but I ate one of them the other day, and it was magic. <laughs> yeah, I, there is a difference totally between like some pure maple syrup and, and fucking Aunt Jemima, you know? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I don't know. Am I the only person? But I always thought Aunt Jemima was banging Uncle Ben. <laughs> <laughs> like a match made in heaven. Man. <laughs> They're making some really, really awful rice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> That's funny, man. That's really funny. Um, so, yeah, man. So, real quick. Uh, so, baseball season starts. Preseason starts in two months. Teams are making moves. One of the teams making the most moves are the Toronto Blue Jays. Well, and, and specifically, it's going to be Alex Anthop- uh, Anthopoulos. I always mess up his name. He's the GM. Um, he's been making great fucking moves ever since he, he took over in Toronto. He's the guy who, before they tra- they changed the uh, trade uh, policies in terms of type A and type B free agents. You couldn't trade for picks, but he traded for a guy who then would get a, a, an arbitration pick. So they had no intention of signing him. He just wanted the pick. So they kind of fucking weaseled around that, which is really brilliant. Um, but huge, huge trade uh, with both the Mets and with uh, the uh, Marlins. Yeah. So they've got Arnie Dickey pitching. They've got J.A. Happ, uh, who they had gotten from the Phillies. Uh, Kyle Dromick, who is uh, an up-and-coming great pitcher. Also, they got him from the Phillies. Um, Jose Batista. They still have Edwin Encarnacion, who's great for home runs. 
uh, as well. Man, the, the Jose Reyes—they're just stacked. They're—they're going to be a real, real competitive team. It's going to be really exciting to see because Toronto is in dire need of a top-notch sports franchise. I mean, I, I remember seeing a billboard. It was probably even a couple of years back, but it just said it was like a billboard for a local newspaper. And it said, Toronto, are we a first class city at losing or something? And it was just implying that, like, we have a basketball team, hockey team, baseball team. I mean, we have a football team for the CFL, but we have like, you know, a sports franchise for almost every sport. And we're really lacking results, you know, and it's sad because fans of every place, I always like to see it kind of go around. I mean, it's always cool when you see one team dominate in a certain sport because, you know, they deserve it and they're just a sick team or whatever. But there comes a point where it almost feels like you're really getting shafted when you don't see big trades like are being made with the Blue Jays, uh, (laughs) when you don't see that happening and you see, the owners holding on to money as opposed to investing it. You know, uh, I have a friend whose father put it best. Like it was a while back, but it, it was a year when the Toronto Maple Leafs um, came really close to making it to the finals. They made it to the semifinals and we were watching and hoping, but they didn't pass through. I think they lost to the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, Jeremy Roenick was playing on the team at that, that year. And, um, he uh, he pretty he pretty much put us away. In the, it was like a game six, and we were so fucking pissed. And Frank, my buddy, hazardous material. He's a huge Leafs fan, and he was like fucking really really pissed. And he's like, "This is bullshit. This is bullshit." And our buddy's dad jumps in. And he's just like, "You know what? I'm going to tell you something. As long as there's idiots like you guys going out to the games, wearing those fucking jerseys, and buying all this apparel, they're never going to win a Stanley Cup." Because they're still making money off you guys. The second that they win a Stanley Cup, you gotta stop buying all this shit. You know, and you see it with a lot of teams too, where like they'll win a championship or something, and then the next year they fucking suck. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of sounds like the Cleveland Browns. Like they have so many crazy fans. Except they never win. Yeah, but that's the thing. It's like they never win, and people continue to sell out the games, and they can- well, they're always gonna they they grew up as part of their their family, as part of their tradition, you know, loving this sport, loving this team. It runs deep, man, with sports. It's it's why they're called fans. It's it's short for fanatics or fanaticism. Yeah, it's well, how about that movie, The Fan? Yeah, with Benicio del Toro and uh, no Robert De Niro and Wesley Snipes. I thought Benicio was in that too. Oh, was he in it too? Yeah. But you know what I'm getting at, right? I think so. fucking. I haven't seen it in a really long time. Yeah, it was an old school movie. It was an old reference. But yeah, they're just <laughs> fucking crazy fans. Isn't like a fan like stalking Wesley Snipes? Isn't like De Niro stalking Wesley Snipes or something like yeah, that? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He stalks him and he fucking, I don't know, he kidnaps him or some shit. What's he want to do? Fuck this guy? I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> what about the, uh, the movie with. Uh, what is it like Celtic pride where Damon Waynes is a basketball player. And, and that the, was actually kind of funny though, right? Celtic fans kidnap him. Yeah. 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 I miss movies like that. You know, nineties movies, comedies. Yeah. Not to say that it's completely lacking now, but it's like, there was an era there. There's a lot of fucking good shit out there, man. Yeah. At uh, the same time as, uh, 
uh, something about Mary and that was yeah that was the late nineties oh no, no no that was early two thousand so that was still was yeah that was still that that was when that that was kind of when those movies peaked like they had a lot of good movies and then they peak and now it's just guys that made money in the nineties making movies like Adam Sandler and they just produce garbage movies constantly uh, even like I just watched Hotel Transylvania I don't want to say why I watched it but I watched it <laughs> and Adam Sandler's in it and it's fucking terrible it's just oh like, I saw that in the theater my brother fucking like convinced me to go and watch that I was like yo bro it's a 3D he's like you like shrooms you like 3D I'm like fucking I go watch this movie you're right it was it was really childish it wasn't there were you know a lot of these cartoon movies they'll have a lot of adult humor in it uh, it was kind of lacking in that movie Norman was funny and then uh, Frankenweenie was pretty good. Brave I, was pretty good. I enjoyed. So I, I saw the I saw the Lorax blasted. <laughs> <laughs> was that good? Yeah, it was fun. I mean, like I don't think I'd watch it again in a sober state of mind, but yeah, it was fun. I saw. Uh, oh shit! I'm sorry. I'm high. I forgot. Despicable Me. Oh no no! I thought the first Shrek was pretty good. I thought all three Shreks or four Shreks were good. How many ever there are? They're all pretty good. The, Shrek had a lot of adult humor, like sexual sexual jokes and shit. That was really good for that. And then some of them are just too too childish. Incredibles is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and as far as like you know, you're saying like movie movies peaking and stuff, uh, having their peak at a certain time. I had this discussion before with a friend, and it was like thinking about special effects and stuff, and how sometimes it's too much. Like take a movie like Transformers, you know. And as fucking cool and awesome as it is to watch, like sometimes it seems like there's so much going on, and the and the CGI that they use is like it looks so real, but it's become this look that it's like a fakeness still because you know it it's not real. Like in the back of your head, you know it's not real. The CGI looks crystal clear, high definition, but in the back of your head, you know there's a skin there, there's a filter. And I I think that movies were at their peaks when i think of a movie like true lies yeah there's okay there's those are real expose explosions those are real like airplanes and real buildings being crushed and shit you know like there was some special movie tricks being used of course but like once you started getting into these heavy cgi i i think they they lost track like think of the first cgi movies and like you look at them now and it looks so fake American Werewolf in Paris. <laughs> for for Transformers, there's actually a, a specific effect for that. It's called the Shia LaBeouf effect. Uh, go on. It's so <laughs> shitty. It's like, oh, man, it, it should be good, but, man, it just blows for some reason. <laughs> That's why he does that. Yeah, that guy fucking is making long paper, right? And, uh, yeah, he is. Actually, I just looked it up. There's something about Mary came out in 98. 98. Interesting. 98. Random fact for your minds. Yeah. It was the 90s. But, oh, True Lies was an amazing movie. That was still when Arnold Schwarzenegger was the fucking man. He's still the fucking man. Uh, we'll see how except for is. Except for that, I don't know, actually, before he became the governor... Like, actually, it was the last movie you made before The Governor. It was The Sixth Day or whatever, the movie about cloning. That movie was fucking awful, man. Oh, that's all about, like, religion and shit? No, it was yeah. about... Well, well yeah, yeah, some, yeah, it did. Like, some apocalyptic type stuff. Yeah, it was, well, it was, like, cloning, and then, uh, 
you know, he ends up being the clone, spoiler alert, and it and it had because the you WWE see, just came out with the XFL. You're supposed to say spoiler alert before you spoil it. Uh, <laughs> I know. <laughs> oops. <laughs> oops. Watch it. If you watch it for a reason like by now, you're you're probably doing yourself a favor. Oh yeah, no. Fuck ten year buffer, dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, movie was good that actually has some cool special effects in it, and they didn't use any CGI. Was uh, like Darren Aronofsky. He made The Fountain with Hugh Jackman and uh, Rachel Wise. Like that movie. Oh, I, good. That's, a, that's like a trip out movie. I've only seen a little bits and pieces of that. Is that a good movie? Yeah, yeah, and it's it's no, it's everything's done old school special effects. There's no CGI in it. And oh, for real. Crazy scenes in that movie, just like you said, a trip out movie. Like it's pretty crazy. I've I've noticed with the new high definition as well. Sometimes when I'm watching something, it's like, oh, well, it looks like it's a set because it is a set. Yeah, it's like it's it's too crisp. It's so crisp that I can see that it's fake. Like if you get a TV with like 240 hertz, like like you just can tell. It just doesn't look the same. Or like even we went and saw The Hobbit in 3D. Yeah, how was it? The Hobbit's a great movie. Like don't get me wrong. Like I loved it, but the problem is, is like 3D still a new technology. But, like, you can see, like, a lot of the stuff that they did CGI looks really good. But you could see, because it's in 3D, you could kind of see the flaws in, like, the background that they did. Yeah. And it was kind of like playing a 32-bit video game or a 64-bit video game. It's uh, Well, for me, the only part that bothered me really was uh, the Hobbit's height kept changing in comparison to Gandalf. When, when Get the fuck out of here, yeah? Yeah, like sometimes they've got him at like fucking his shoulder. Other times they're at like his hip. Like it kept changing all the time. When I say the hobbits, I'm sorry, I mean, meant the dwarves and the hobbit. Um, Just be politically correct here, bro. I, I know someone's going to message me. There's only the one hobbit next to him the whole movie. <laughs> it's funny. Uh, it was pretty good, though, man. I've been actually watching a lot of movies recently. Um, I don't. With all those screeners that hit the internet from the Oscars, there's been some some pretty good movies out there, like high quality. Silver Lining Playbook was actually pretty good. It just is. Uh, it looks like a chick flick, and it kind of is, but it's actually pretty entertaining because everybody's fucking crazy. Like every character has like some serious psychological issues, which makes it psychological issues, which makes it pretty fascinating. Mm. Yeah, I haven't heard about that. What the Oscars already happened, or they're coming up? They're coming up. Got, oh yeah, man. Just had the Golden Globes. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 and that's like the precursor, right? I, yeah. I guess. I, I I think so. I mean, that's all bullshit, anyways. How many, how many award shows do actors need to throw for themselves? <laughs> yeah, it gets kind of silly after a while. And you're making enough money. You don't need to have award shows for yourself for how much money you're making. What was that? Yeah. What was David Bowie's? Like his theory on awards well, or his philosophy? David Bowie doesn't go to any award show where he's getting an award or any award show. Uh, he says, you know, because typically if you, if you don't go, they just give it to someone else who will go. Um, so if, if they're not willing to send it to him, you know, he doesn't think it's an award he actually wants. Um, you know who else was a bad motherfucker like that? Uh, Marlon Brando. No. He, he never used to... Uh, accept awards or go to award shows and there was like one historical moment at a at a Oscars where he won the award and instead of him walking up to do a speech 
like some Native American girl walked up and he had given her his like 60 seconds or whatever for a speech to talk about how like Native American land was being taken from the government like back when they were trying to make fucking golf courses out of reserves and shit. Damn. That's yes. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty historical moment. It was like because it was all I think it's like live, right? Yeah. Yeah. So all of a sudden this native chick just comes up and starts talking some shit to the government and to the people. Which is kind of powerful, right? Because this dude used that that moment in time for what he thought was a good cause, you know? And, you know, it's real funny because right before then, uh, so Gregory Peck did, uh, never had cancer ever, nor did any of his, like, real close loved ones. But he did a lot of time uh, and donations and, and work with the uh, American Cancer Association uh, trying to work f- uh, towards it. And that's a badass move. Most of the time, people don't actually use their their celebrity or power or wealth uh, until it's something that actually affects them. Um, You know, Christopher Reeves did all of his work, but that was after he was already paralyzed. He didn't do anything prior to then. Uh, Not to shit on the guy for his work or anything, but, you know, if you have that sort of influence and you don't use it until it affects you, I mean, that's that's why these things happen, because people aren't taking the time to try to, you know, make a change before things happen. Yeah, and I think it's, it's, I mean, it hasn't happened to me. You know, fame hasn't struck me. But I'm sure it takes some, some discipline and, you know, knowledge of self to keep your shit together if that wave were to ever hit you. True. You know what I mean? Like, cause I can't, I can't even be, I mean, everyone likes to talk. Oh man, if this happened to me, I'd still be the same dude. I'd still be like, you know, fucking going out for cheap wing night and shit. Yeah. Right. Bullshit. You got like all these hot girls fucking throwing themselves at you now and you're just going to go and eat cheap, cheap wings at some grungy bar with your buddies still like who knows until you hit that situation. Now I've had many experiences in my life where something occurred that I always professed that I would react like this or like that. And when it happens, it's just like, no, you know, that, that big tough guy or that, that guy who's never going to change. Like, it's very different when it all starts happening. Yeah, that's that's true, man. I think, like, the biggest thing is just trying to stay grounded. And, like, Get grounded, yeah. Know, know who you are. Yeah, man, it's that's the... I mean, that's been, like, the whole, like, magical journey for me doing this podcast and just, like, you know, yeah. out of finding America... And like, you like finding out about yourself? Oh yeah, man! Like it's been so therapeutic. It's been so, um, yeah, man. It's just been it's just been like a, a wild ride. I mean, whether it be hanging out with you or getting to know Izzy, getting to know uh, Mitch, just even through podcasts because I've never really even met Mitch in person, or connecting with different people through the community through Twitter, and just really like uh, like I mean, I started a book club with with people on Twitter and it's just like, it's just like this whole fun thing that it's like, you know, using the internet to its fullest and you know what I'm saying? Like, like, yeah, yeah. Like just really appreciating, like, I mean, there's other people like out there just like us that can't connect with people in in different ways or on an, on a certain intellectual level, you know, you want to talk to somebody about something that you're interested in. But there's nobody like like Wes and I. We nerd out about a lot of similar things, but we don't find everything that we don't find the same things interesting. Like we're different people. I also debate yeah. to MMA. Yeah. <laughs> or gay porn. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> I'm just teasing. What's that movie where they say like I think it was um Kevin Smith movie, Seth Rogen and that, that girl. Like Fra- porno. What's that? Zach no, and make a porno. Yeah, yeah, Zach and Mira make a porno and then fucking uh Jay from fucking Jay and Silent Bob is in it at the end. He's like, So yeah, you jerk me off, but you hold my arm, so it's not gay. Like <laughs> Uh-huh. You, do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> There's this moment where he's like, "Like I hold my dick and you hold your dick, but I jerk you off with your arm while you jerk me off with my arm. But it's not gay because we're not touching each other's dicks. I'm like, what the fuck? He had some fucking cool name for it, man. That, that guy's another badass, Kevin Smith. Kevin oh, yeah. Smith is sweet. Have you seen the uh, documentary that Mischief Maker 37, our boy Brandon Farley made? Like, No, I haven't. What's it about? Kevin Smith, he did like a fan documentary about Kevin Smith. It's pretty good. Then he did uh, his one about Patrice O'Neill is really good. Like the Patrice O'Neill one is really good. It's like there's like four, four 20 minute videos and they're just really, they're all really good. It's all like clips from his stand up and just different interviews. And he has like people talking about him on Opie and Anthony or him talking on Opie and Anthony or different podcasts. It's just the way he edits it and pieces it together. It's, it's really well put together. Yeah, it's a whole other art form, like documentary fucking style. Yeah, man. Yeah, except it's just some 19-year-old kid with his computer. That's you know, it's some of these kids that are pulling off the craziest shit online. Yeah, man. What the fucking Justin Bieber did, for Christ's sakes. Yeah. Well, and, you know, it's just kind of part of the thing. I mean, uh, when, when you grow up in an age, uh, like, think about it this way. There's a lot of people who are alive now who are becoming adults who don't remember a time when there was dial-up internet like they don't they don't know what that sound is the, yeah like <laughs> the old from aol and shit you know the dial-up i remember like, people don't have that i remember that yeah remember we had to, we had one phone line oh yeah and we would always be on the internet and so like i remember one time like for some reason we had one car and we were on the computer, and our mom was working this other part-time job, and she tried to call us, but it was busy the whole time, so she had to walk home, and she was so pissed off at us. And we then, and then we ended up getting a second phone, phone line because of it, like because we all wanted to use the, like we all wanted to use the internet, even with How's, fifty fucking. Sorry, go on. No, you're cool. Oh yeah, no, I was just gonna say, like, how fucking archaic is that? That like you you couldn't use a phone and the internet at one time. Yeah, well, that was back with landlines because people didn't have cell phones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you guys even have a home line? No. And and so if you think about the shit that was going on, like I bet you that our generation can dominate any other, uh, including these younger g- generations who are getting on some fucking Call of Duty and fucking getting like thirty three kills to every four deaths. Like if uh, that's cool, you put me up against them in Tech Mobile and I'll rape them. I mean, it's it's that you put us in the Nintendo age. Our generation is going to be much better because that's what we grew up with. So the, these kids who are getting a little bit older, they grew up with uh, the computers and everything all high tech. So that's what they fucking specialized in. These these next advances in technology, all these young kids are going to be fucking even more specialized in in whatever new advances there are there. Word. To some freaky fucking children of the corn shit, and they're gonna start moving shit with their minds. The singularity is gonna start with them. <laughs> I mean, 
mean, it really would, though. I mean, like, they'd be like, yeah, we downloaded our kids' thoughts into their computer. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, I mean, that would be, like, the thing to do. Yeah, I used to joke around, like, about having fucking USB fucking portals tapped into our fucking vertebrae. Yeah, like the Matrix. Something like that, yeah. Just download the information right into the back of my neck. That'd be awesome. That'd save me so much time of reading. (laughs) (laughs) I could learn so much faster because I'm such a slow reader. There's scary parts about it too, right? Fucking, like, I heard recently about people giving the option to put GPS tracking chips in, like, your child. Yeah, the RFID chips. Yeah, right? So, like, we have them in, like, animals, right? But if that's possible and it's that small, like, it could easily just be put into anybody they want while you're under the knife for whatever surgery or something. And that shit reminded me of that movie Universal Soldier. Fucking Jean-Claude Van Damme is being tracked and, like, the bitch has to fucking cut some gps tracking device out of his fucking ass and it's like they probably got chips in like every single u.s soldier right now like who's to say you you don't you don't know because it would be like microscopic at this point right nano nanobytes nanotechnology yeah it's it's also the tracker in uh total recall when arnold pulls that giant fucking device from his nose which is also one of my favorite scenes in all of movie history because it's so so comical. What was crazier in the short story that that movie's based on, like they could hear his thoughts too, which was even creepier. What? You could hear your thoughts. Yeah, so that little device in Arnold's head. So the, the book's called is we'll, we'll Remember It For You for Wholesale. And yeah. It's just like a short, short story. Um, it's, okay. It's like a, I could I could Dropbox you the, the e-book that has it. It's, it's worth reading. Like I'm a big Philip K. Dick fan. Um like he's the same guy that wrote like Blade Runner and all that stuff. Um, but he like so in the story like they can hear his thoughts, and so because he goes to recall because he like he's like some secret agent, and then it just gets deeper and deeper and deeper. It's a pretty cool story. I don't want to spoil it for you, um, but yeah, it's just the whole idea of that dystopic view of like yeah, I mean they can track you, and not only can they track you with this brain chip, but they can also know what you're thinking. And then they can communicate with you, and they can hear your thoughts. And that's just so fucking terrifying. But at the same time, I mean, it's, I mean, people are just free, people are freely putting their thoughts on the internet anyways through Twitter, so it doesn't even matter. Did you guys see The Last Judge Dredd? Yeah, I like that a lot, man. Yeah, there was the chick where she could read people's thoughts in there. She was sexy, too. Yeah, it was pretty hot. It's like, what are you thinking? What am I thinking right now? <laughs> But um, I was thinking of her naked. <laughs> yeah, yeah I know. But see, I, that's a power that I definitely wouldn't want unless like you could actually like control and like know when to shut that shit off. Because like, you'd go and I, you then it's Sookie it Stackhouse and True Blood. How she gets to like she goes, she starts going crazy when the show is still good because she can hear what everybody's thinking. Yeah, but it's like there's tons of thoughts going through all of our minds at every given moment, you know, one of the hardest things to do is to think of nothing. Right. Yeah. That's what, that's why Ray can't do it in ghostbusters and the stay puff marshmallow man comes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> another sick classic movie. Holy shit. I used to love those guys. Oh man. The movie's they're, so funny. They, they're so, st- we, we grew up in some pretty good times. How old are you guys? 
Uh, I am 30. 27. Yeah, right? Like, we used to have some badass toys growing up and shit. Kenner yeah. made the best action figures. We had all was that and toys. Kenner. What about, what about Mattel? Mattel and Kenner, yeah. Mattel was the reason why most of the cartoons came. Or Hasbro. Yeah. Hasbro was the reason why they made comic books for toys. Like, He-Man originally had this, like, caveman comic. And the reason why the toy swords would connect, because him and Skeletor were connected in the comic. And then uh, they sold the the cartoon rights to uh, whatever company made them. And then they totally changed the story of He-Man, which is funny to me. So He-Man wasn't originally the way it was supposed to be. Oh, really, eh? Yeah. That's what they do with them all. They'll take like some crazy-ass comic book story and turn it into some Walt Disney cartoon. You know what I mean? Oh, shit. Walt Disney does that with everything. Like a lot of their stories, like The Little Mermaid, that does, that's not a happy ending. Like they take all these these classic uh, fairy tales and shit, and then they nice them up. Hercules, come on, man, that that story's fucked. If if you heard it, oh yeah, the actual Hercules, yeah, like Greek mythology, yeah, 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 it's like some gory shit. Yeah, but uh, it's all friendly that way. Yeah, or like Pocahontas, like yeah, like Pocahontas, Pocahontas. you know, killing all these natives and stuff. Like, come on, dude. Yeah, so for what it is. Yeah, for sure. Like, don't shelter the truth. Yeah, make like a hit single off the soundtrack and shit. You know that <laughs> Disney's got like the uh, trademark or the copyright on uh, Seal Team Six. Like right after they they did those sh- shootings, they went out there and they like copyrighted Seal Team Six. Uh, they're the ones that, that killed the pirates. Uh, so I believe, right? Were they the ones that killed Osama? Were they the ones who killed Osama? I think they were. Let's Google it right now. Seal Team 6. Yeah, but didn't they all die after? Probably. I don't think so. I think they all mysteriously disappeared. Something like that, yeah. Like, they were... I heard. I think I heard something like that. I could be pulling that out of my ass, but fucking... I thought, like, all the people that were on that mission, like... Special. There. They disappeared, man. There's too much shady shit going on, bro. Yeah. Uh, they, I think I'm, I'm correct. They were... Uh, Killed SEAL Team Six member killed in Afghan rescue identified. The raid on Osama bin Laden. Yeah, yeah. So they copyrighted that. That's all I'm saying. Osama bin Laden. Yeah. Disney owns that shit. It's it's like uh, in killing them. Have you seen Killing Them Softly yet? No. Brad Pitt. So there's a scene and Brad Pitt goes, "America's not a country. America's a business." And it's just it's like it's so true. It's not. It's never. None of our laws are actually for the health of of citizens. It's just. It's to me. It's just for profiteering, or like like we don't have to wear. Like it's just. It's just funny. Like there's not. We don't have speeding tickets and stuff like that for safety. We have speeding tickets for revenue for the city. It's. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so much stuff. I mean, there's so much bullshit that goes into it. Um, Everything's designed to make money. If anyone has a disagreement with that, go to your closest. Uh, and go in on uh, find out what every day is traffic court and see how many people are, are going through there every single day and you can take a look and see what the minimum court fees are and uh, you you see them get their fees assigned to them constantly it's a meat grinder that's just the people who are going in there and getting processed that doesn't count the people who just mail in the check it's ridiculous how much money that they make on just fucking that alone or DUIs like there's there's attorneys that specialize in DUIs. 
I think that's kind of crazy. Person. Yeah, man. I always hear DUIs, man, for my American friends. DUIs. Can't cross the border. DUI. I'm like, yeah. are they hard asses? Like, you get pulled over just for no reason by cops and stuff? To me. That's why I got pulled over and there's no reason. They fed me some bullshit. I'm still in court, man. I mean, my shit, dude. I mean, I'm just going to get resolved a week from today or pretty much it will be resolved. But still, man, that's seven months. I was given a, a one. Uh, gosh, when was this? Uh, in about August, uh, and uh, it was actually in my my parking lot. I was given one. I was pulled over. Uh, I said I didn't come to a complete stop at. Uh, it was a road sign. Yeah, and he pulled me over in my uh, like apartment complex, and it was like, man, I, I didn't hit anything or nothing like that. I was actually, you know, it was pretty pretty uh, late. It was like 5 a.m. or so. I was uh, hanging out with some friends uh, celebrating uh, this this new job I was getting, so I didn't have to work at this shitty job at the time. Uh, and sure enough, stopped me saying, uh, not because I was weaving or anything like that or any other problems, just said it was a rolling stop, some bullshit like that. And then, uh, yeah, that, was, that cost a shit ton and, yeah, brutal. Yeah, it's $3,500 for my attorney. Oh my God! You see, and um, it's like the way everything's set up as it is. Like as far as how you have to go to work to pay for for life, you know what I mean? It's there's so little time for yourself as it is. You know, everyone working like eight hours a day, five days a week, and then you have these little things like that, like little challenges, like going through court for this DUI and. And you, you throw enough of those things in the mix, and really, you have no more time to do anything other than survive. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like you, everyone talks about freedom, but like, what's true freedom? Like, true freedom to me is like fucking like living in the fucking bush. Yeah, living on a commune. True freedom is being able to do whatever you want, whenever you want. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like this idea of freedom that's like being sold to us, and it's like, yeah, you're you're completely free, but it's like, am I really? Like, cause like I have to do all this shit, you know? Yeah, I can go to jail and get minimum sentencing for growing a plant. Yo, that's fucked up, man. I was talking about this with some coworkers today about like just jail and like the fact that like it's supposed to be a fucking correctional facility. It's supposed to fix people. You know what I mean? It doesn't fix nothing. Mm-hmm. Just with the privatized jail system in the states, it's just a money-making machine as well, right? It's yeah, absolutely ridiculous. I mean, they sell it out. They have to then turn profit because it's privatized. They have to turn profit. Yeah. And look, they can't go out and hire their workers. The state sends them their workers. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. It's subsidized. It's just corporatism, or as Porter Stansbury says, the new American socialism. Because it's not really socialism. It's it's this, it's and it's not like free market capitalism either. It's this like mutant form. It's corporatism. It's just the corporations partner up with the government, and they just you know they get control. Then you get no bid contracts to companies like um, Halliburton, or like the oil spill thing. Like Halliburton built that well that BP had, and then they invest in like a company that cleans up oil spills, and then there's an oil spill. And then they get the no-bid contract to go clean up the oil spill in the Gulf. 
Yeah, everything's always like all these like huge money making ventures always seem to be based around destruction. Yeah. Like, what about creation? Yeah. Yeah. Like, like they got to be just as profitable. You know what I mean? Or just because just shift the thoughts. You know? Yeah. Or like thinking abundantly. Or like to just like how do we all like stop accepting it? You know, like, and, and, and stand a ground where it's like, man, I always used to be fascinated with, like, the history of Cuba, right? Like, I'm not going to go ahead and start agreeing with, like, all of, like, their political ideas. Um, but, you know, you hear the story of a people who were suppressed and overthrown by, like, you know, royalty, you know, from another nation. And then, like, taking upon an army, you know what I mean? Uh, like, like maybe outnumbered one to 10 dudes on horseback and like a real fucking revolution. You know what I mean? I'm not saying I want motherfuckers riding in the streets and shit, but it's like, how do we do that and come to that point where we are voicing and making it very known that we're not standing for this. And you know what? We're not going to stand around like a bunch of fucking dummies occupying fucking financial districts and like singing fucking Kumbaya and shit. Like, but will be done in a serious enough manner where we put the fucking fear of God back into the fucking people in power. You know what I mean? Like, because together, all of us, we're fucking scary, man. If you think of these fucking guys in high office sitting in their motherfucking building, secured as it may be, like, <laughs> yo, we'll be like the walking dead one day fucking storming down those doors, you know? <laughs> I, I don't I don't doubt for one moment that like anyone who's ever been a president fucking shits their pants on a daily on a daily basis. These motherfuckers rolling around with depends paid with our tax dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's the government like in Canada, man? I don't even know who the prime minister is. Oh, there's been that whole there's actually been a lot of shit going on recently. Yeah. Um well fucking one thing I gotta say just like that. I see a lot of logic in uh, in Canadian politics that is lacking when I look at the American is like you have Democrats and Republicans in the states, right? Yeah. So you have two ideologies, pretty much two political platforms, and you got to kind of side with one or the other. And Canada has a multi-party system, you know. We have s- several parties and several different things trying to be represented and it just seems like there should be more option because if i was ever put in a place where it's like i have to choose a or b i'll be like okay who the fuck set up this fucking horseshit yeah you know i'm not trying to fucking you know what i mean like compare or say one's better than the other it's just something i always seen a lot of logic in is a multi-party system because where two parties can fail Hey, someone else can come in with some other ideas. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah, that's the biggest problem with this country is it's a it's a fake two party system. But I remember our last um, vote for the prime minister. Um, there was kind of like a battle going on. Like we have um, three big parties in in Canada are the the NDP, which kind of governs from like the left side of the political spectrum, and liberals, which are kind of like you know, like they, they 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 make decisions based on the right, but like govern from the left. And then you got 
the PC, which is progressive conservatives, and they're they're exactly what they are. They're conservative, and uh, there was kind of like in Ontario anyway, and even in Canada for the most part, like more of a dominating liberal nation, right? And the last big election that occurred, I remembered um, that that. NDP party. So like, you know, like let's rank it like first, second, third, first being liberal, second PC and last, like, like dead last NDP as far as like votes go. Um, all of a sudden, all this stuff started happening in the news and the NDP party was getting a lot of hype. But what happened is we deal with like a majority government. We have X amount of seats. And um, if one party is holding a majority of the seats. They pretty much have the ability to, to, to pass laws and not have it challenged. And what, what happened was, I believe what happened was um, enough was done in the media to give spotlight to our NDP party, which thus took and split up all liberal voters because you have to consider like if you were a liberal state of mind type person, you're more likely to... Um, go more towards uh, the left side of the spectrum uh, as opposed to considering yourself a conservative, especially if you're a middle class worker, you know, blue collar type guy. And what they did is they split up the vote on the liberals. The conservatives took over, but by taking over and splitting the vote, they actually became a majority government. And we've been suffering under this fucking Stephen Harper guy. But, you know, like at the same time, too, I don't want to go on as if I know enough to like start pinpointing things out. I'm one of these kind of guys that kind of lives in in my in my own world. Uh, I try to pay as much attention as possible to things that are going on all over the world and in politics in my country. But until people start talking about making changes that are going to really, truly uh affect my life and well-being and freedoms i try to keep things really close um and not get too concerned with a lot of the bigger things happening i know it sounds kind of ignorant or whatever but there's certain things that i come to grips with not being able to kind of like change but i could definitely have total control over how i react to those things and how much of a part of my life I allow them to be because I last thing I always want to be I last thing I want to be is this person who obsessed over like obsesses over local news and constant tragedy you know no, that, like, that's, yeah you need to stay positive yeah you don't want to be emotionally attached to that bullshit well and and you know uh, certain people are able to do more than others in different ways um, I mean, it's not like you're not doing anything at all because you're still talking about it and you still tweet about it and you pay attention to things. Uh, but like, you know, you still have to have your job to do. You still have, you know, your own goals you need to follow and try to hit. And, you know, there's still only 24 hours in a day and everyone has to sleep, eat yeah. and poop. And it's like all that time spent on debating you know, I'm like, hey, why don't I just put that energy towards setting up another fucking comedy show and creating a fucking place where everyone's going to be happy and laughing? You know what I mean? And 
positive. Everybody needs that too. Yeah, laughing is really healthy. It's like medicine. It really is. I mean, you have to get away, and and the joy that you feel afterwards, and the the the, you just get that experience. Like, man, I'm I'm being a part of something great, something that's really big, and something that's you know really really exciting. I'm going to remember this moment for a really really long time. Um, and that's something that someone, when you're actually experiencing it, like it's such a great warm feeling that, that comes over you. You might've had a, an awful day, but it doesn't matter cause you're now in euphoria. Yeah, exactly. Live in the moment. Right. For sure. Well, Hey, homie. We're, uh, Oh yeah. We've been going for a good hour, man. Uh, we're about about an hour. We try to keep these at about an hour, but, uh, Shit, man, we'll have to have you on again, or you could have us on the High on Trees podcast. So, Mr. Joe Rantane, how can people follow you, and how can people hear more of your wonderful thoughts? Uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter, at Joe Rangatang, and check out my podcast, uh, High on Trees. We do uh, three different shows. Uh, we do Above the Clouds. We talk to underground independent hip-hop artists. Working the local scene in Toronto, we do the Comic Call podcast, uh, which we go fully uncensored with uh, comedians from all different places. And then I like to go deep in the jungle. That's one of my favorite podcasts where I just like to talk to fellow psychonauts and people who like to trip and really go deep on like some some of the more harder subjects on life. You know what I mean? So I would like to have you guys on for an episode of deep in the jungle, even have you on separately. So we can kind of like really like get into the core of like who you dudes are as individuals. Cause I love finding out about all the people that I've connected with on Twitter and stuff. That'd be awesome, man. Yeah. Just anytime hit us up on Twitter and, and we'll just have it set up. Um, and we can do it anytime, man. So, I haven't started my second part-time job yet, so the sooner the better for me, sir. All right. Cool, man. Yeah, So, and you could find that podcast on iTunes. You can find it on Stitcher, or you can go to one of my favorite websites, and that's www.puffmama.ca, and uh, just look at the High on Trees link for uh, all different places you can find the podcast there. And you can also learn something about marijuana and edibles and all other kinds of fun things you do while you're high on trees. <laughs> that's amazing well thanks brother we will talk to you soon all right thanks a lot guys man this was a lot of fun man absolutely thanks, man absolutely we can't wait to see you again man yeah for sure man we're gonna have to do it soon yeah and, hey i hope you really enjoy tomorrow dude you're gonna be awesome oh yeah dude good luck thanks brothers absolutely all right homie talk to you soon okay peace guys by the way, I real on bad dreams, back up screens in 50s, fear for mad schemes that heat shot like Jiffy. Pop, pop, in an instant, get smoked like Winston cigarettes. Holes get ripped off like Nicorette. In real life, the real tripe scene might snatch your life like a salt machine. Rifle, dead up, set up like bullfight. Be blooded how we like, couldn't white or in full flight. The unemotional, call me antisocial. On the run, off the gun, death tally commercial. Death Valley is like rehearsal to the streets, to my peeps. GM, MF on the beat, rhymes. It's chosen like the weapons of war. So keep from stepping on my floor or delivery front door. I bring it to y'all motherfuckers, master yours. My disaster cause, hell and gas drawers. The super villain cooler than a million. I'll be chilling, still quick to slice squares like Sicilians. Don't make me have to hurt the feelings. 
I'll ruin you in the dirt that I'll be doing in my dealings. Sending spirits through the ceiling, chrome peeling, dome blown. Within the comforts of your own home, grown, big, wheeling, and high rolling. I hold it lie, keep the style on my eyes swollen. Hold it, phone the pal. Known as massive versatile. I like to pick them up, monster owl. Draws. 